Out of five stars, what are you going to give it? It kept me awake, so I have to give it a three. It saved my life. Whoa, <laughs> now that's a very deep thing to say. <laughs> Onyx fam, welcome to the Onyx Life, where change comes with challenge. Every episode, we try to take you on a journey moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx life, creating happy homes and financial empires, and of course, exploring the lighter side of life. My name is Murthel. And I'm Rita. Today, we're going to be talking about The Marriage Pact by Michelle Richmond, which is a book that we read, but also listened to the audiobook on a long, recent car drive to Texas. Now, we always like to listen to... Uh, audiobook whenever we go traveling so we've had some really interesting ones and this one well you know because it had to do with marriage and relationships I really appreciated it well that's really the reason why I decided to even buy the book because I felt like you know what Marthel is the one that's doing the driving let me make sure I get something that he would actually be interested in so what I did was I looked and I said you know what I had this book a long time ago never opened it let me buy the audiobook and then see if he would like it. So the minute I put it on, Murthel was just captivated. And Rita fell asleep. <laughs> I tried to hang. First of all, the narrator was excellent. I really thought, whoa, okay, I could get into this. You know, it's like when we used to watch Dateline a lot. And we used to like that guy. Oh, what is that guy's name? It's off the top of my head. Um, but you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If you guys are Dateline fans you guys know who we're talking about right um you know Hannah, uh, i need to look it up i know i know but it's this elderly guy he has silver hair and he has the best radio voice it is so captivating what the moment that we hear him um that's it we're ready to listen right. to it i don't care what okay. he's what he, i don't care what the episode is about right I like hear we're, it. we just want to watch it he could be talking about rainbows yeah where did they really come from deep inside and where are they the going from but so I couldn't remember his name, but what I did remember was that he was Matthew Perry's father-in-law. Oh, okay. And or and you know what? Not father-in-law, stepdad, stepdad. But I even though I put Matthew Perry's father-in-law, he popped up. Keith Morrison. Keith, that's it. That is it. This guy is tight. I mean, he'll he'll always come up with the best intros. Yeah, he it was on a lonely street. So this guy that narrated deep in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy that narrated the marriage pact, definitely I think he could probably carry a dateline episode. Right. But it was it was really good and he did the accents really well. There was a few different accents, mostly Irish, you know. Mm-hmm. What I didn't enjoy though were his feminine voices. <laughs> it sounded way too fake, like I, I want to do, do, do like, yeah, like but that is not how a woman sounds. Not that I expect him to sound like a woman, yeah. but it sounded like a pathetic woman. It sounded like a very hopeless, desperate, pathetic woman every time he did a woman's voice. And I was just like, really? That's your interpretation of a woman? He was a manly man. You know, manly men, they don't know how to like turn their voice on or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but everything sounded like, like every time he spoke, like, Every time he it did, sound did a, pathetic. A, yeah, I always imagined a woman putting her like a finger on her mouth, going, "I don't know what to do." Like that kind of an imagine. Right. That that's what came into my head. So I was just like, "Okay, I I didn't enjoy that so much." But let's get to the story. Right. So the marriage pact is about a couple who recently gets married, and as a gift receive a box from one of their wedding guests. The wedding guest is not someone she knows very well. She just worked as an attorney on his case. Now, 
he was a very wealthy guy. Yeah, very wealthy. So they were really intrigued as yeah. to what was in this box. Right. And, and they open it mm-hmm. and it just says the pact. You know, it's like right. a box. It's a beautiful, ornate box. They open it. And I don't want to give too much away. But um, basically, he was basically saying, if you accept this, then someone will be by to further talk to you about what it means to join the pact. Something that I thought was creepy was that it says the pact will never leave you. Like, whoa. Okay. So that kind of was enticing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it said... I think one of the, I think what it also said on there was respect marriage, you know? Right. So I was like, okay, all right. So let's see where the story is going. And of course, they meet with the woman and then they decide they're going to sign on the dotted line, mm-hmm. a contract, and enter into this marriage pact. And the marriage pact is basically a group of people. Um, many of them are very wealthy, very in- influential parts of society. And some of them are just, you know, regular, normal people. But the point is, is that they're all married and they when they join this group, this group is supposed to help them stay married because they all believe that marriage right. is a sanctity, a thing of sanctity and it should be kept. Right. So they have the way that you keep the marriage going or you, the way that you stay married is through a series of rules. rules. It's almost like a, a homeowner's association of marriage. Right. So it's right. like the marriage association. So like if you're in a homeowner's, you know, you have to keep your lawn a certain way. You cannot, you know, have certain colors on your door. You cannot build your fence a certain way. So like there's all these rules in a neighborhood. So you own the house. Yeah, but you can't just do anything with it. So that's kind of like how it is with the marriage. Like you are married to your husband, you're married to your wife. But when you're in this pact, you have to follow these rules. And the rules are not rules. They're not weird rules like you need to do something that actually violates your marriage. No, none of them are like that. There really are rules that help the marriage to do better. Uh, So like, for instance... You have to buy your partner. One of the rules is is that every single week you have to buy your partner a gift. Um, every single month, um, you have to at least go away once. And it doesn't have to be a long trip and it doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs means that you just have to go away and you have to plan mm-hmm. once a month. Um and you guys like every other month. So your your husband does it one month and the wife does it the other month to plan a little trip to get away. So if you notice, all of these things is to keep the marriage fresh. It's to keep it, you know, exciting and things like that. So that's just examples of some of the rules. Right. Another rule is you got to keep a good weight. Got to make sure that you are keeping trim. And the wife, Alice, she did not have a good weight so she was she was ordered to report at five o'clock in the morning every day for like what six weeks right and get on a workout plan with one of their trainers it was what i found though was that the rules were really skewed towards the men meaning the men got away with a lot of stuff while the women were constantly told oh you did this wrong and you did that wrong i mean Mm -hmm. it just and it was breaking alice mentally to the point where she started to think, well, maybe I'm just not a good wife. And okay, maybe I need to conform more. Maybe I should have been doing this. Maybe I am too much into work. Mm-hmm. So her husband, Jake. So the so, the main characters are Jake and Alice. Right. And so Jake is, it's really the book is written from Jake's perspective. perspective right. And so, and so Alice was a lawyer and Jake was a marriage counselor, which is ironic because, you know, here he's... Um, 
you know, soliciting help um, for his marriage, even though he was a marriage counselor. And then um, his wife was like working a lot. And so part of the rules were like, do not neglect your marriage for work. So if you notice, like there is a trend here that all of these things were there in order to make sure that everybody, everybody's marriage, you're focusing on each other, that you are, you know, being submissive, you are being kind, you are being considerate. And then there would be this other element of it. And we're not going to get into that as yet. We're going to, we're going to let you know the other element, which is the weird part of the, the book and the, the part that is, you know, Right. So the interesting part is that the manual, that's what was actually in that box, you know, with the pact, right. like the manual. And I don't know if you guys do, but I have not read through every single line of my homeowners association. Mm-hmm. So if someone gave me a book bigger than that for marriage. I doubt I would read every it was little a thing. Thick book with so, sections. It was like legal language, like right. section two point five right. says that if you do this, then this and this. And like I said, I I don't want us to get into that part of the book yet because you know I want to kind of save that for later on in the podcast. But I just wanted to ask a question, like you know. All of these rules were kind of some of these were good things and it really helped. And do you think that if you had a group of people that were all together and everybody had this rule book and they would have these meetings where they would meet together and kind of remind each other and, you know, just have people that are all working on their marriage together. Do you think that that could make a a difference? Yeah. A marriage support group. Yes. A marriage boot camp. No. Right. You know, this is this was worse than boot camp because right. of what we're going to get into later. Right. But um, no, you know, anything that where you're exacting like that, you know, um, read section three point two point two part A. Like, no, that is not going to work. Right. I mean, imagine if God gave us that type of commandments instead of like the Ten Commandments. Sure. He gave us like the manual commandments. And it was just like, you know, you would feel like a failure from the moment that book went in your hand because you just would know that you could not keep up with all of those rules. But here, here, I want to share like a few statistics about marriage that kind of leans towards probably why they even came up with this concept in the book. In the book, they came up with this concept because of the alarming statistics in marriage and the failures um, of, of so many marriages that the author, when you get into the book and when we're going to share a little bit more about the book, you kind of see why they even created a group like this in the first place. Do I agree with the, the group? After you hear everything, well, you'll see why I don't agree with the group. But I can see why they were attempting to Uh, create a book um, that would protect marriage. So here's one of the statistics in, um, I'm looking at this uh, website called Marriage Facts. And it says 75% of people who marry partners from an affair eventually divorce. So that's, I guess that's kind of (laughs) obvious, you know. But the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of people do end up marrying from an affair. And one of the reasons why... um, I I even um, did that statistic is because there are so many individuals. I think even in the book, there was a section where somebody did actually have an affair. And the the problem when people have an affair and then they meet after having an affair is, is that 
they actually think that the partner that they had, they start getting really paranoid because how they met is how they figure they're going to, the demise of their marriage is going to be. I know. I'm so sick of all these marriage facts, though. I mean, statistics in that way about how many ways, basically, how many percentages can they do to say, this is what breaks up a marriage. This Mm -hmm. is how long most people last. I feel like it's a lot of negativity that's put out there to make people feel hopeless about marriage. And I feel... Yeah, I do, because I feel like most of it is skewed to, oh, you know, um, look how, look, if you do this and this and this, you're more likely to end your, your marriage is more likely to end. If you do this and this and this, it's, they're more likely to cheat. If you do this and this and this, you're more likely to, um, you know, I don't know, get an annulment. I don't know. It just seems like most of these things are mostly about that. Well, that's true, because the second slide says one in every five couples has a sexless marriage having less than 10 (laughs) encounters a year. So it does seem like they're going really negative here. And it's just like random stuff here. Um, Like, you know what? I have some facts, too. I thought would be interesting. Okay, let's hear yours. Well, men who kiss their wives in the morning are said to live five years longer than those who don't. Oh, I like that. You don't always kiss me in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, the times that I do, <laughs> the times that I do will make me live longer. Oh, man. Um, I thought that I thought that was good. I thought that was a nice little statistic because to me, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear something that would provoke right. us to get closer and to last longer. You know, um, let's see. What's another one? What's another one? Oh, oh, no, not that one. See, and that's another thing. That's then funny. All- that your site has a lot of positive. Mine has a lot of negative. Like this one says, a 99-year-old man divorced his 96-year-old wife after 77 years of marriage because he discovered an affair she had in the 1940s. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like. Well, hurt, hurt, I guess, knows no time. Right. Wow. I, I, I guess not. But that's just, I mean. After all those years of marriage. So um, they, they, here's another statistic. First marriages that end in a divorce usually last approximately eight years. So. Wow. You know what they say that there's a seven year cycle that the first seven years is the hardest. Then you get a good seven years. Then you get a bad seven years. So they had just probably got out of that cycle and gave up. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you're so, right. So most what, of my statistics, cycle? I can't tell you most of mine are positive. I have some negative ones here. I'm looking mm. for some positive. For the positive ones. Yeah. So what cycle do you think that that 99-year-old was in? Like, I mean, the seven seven times uh, he was in his, like, fourth, <laughs> 77 years. That was 11 cycles. He was in his 11th cycle. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. I think yeah, he was in his 13. No, 77. Oh, oh wait. That's not, I'm thinking about his age, not it, his. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, they were yeah. married for 77 years. He was yeah. in an 11th cycle. Oh, wow. And then that was it. I, so. I would need to start counting like, wait, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. They were in the good cycle. The Yeah, but he was coming out of the last oh, part of the good true. cycle. That's so he true. was going right into the the 78th year Man, which would have that been that is just spiteful right, right that is just like you know what i'm gonna get you before i go 
So, I mean, I, okay, this is kind of funny. I see some funny facts here. Mm-hmm. A few, well, okay, divorce is never funny, but... Right, it's not ha-ha funny. A few hundred years back, women in Turkey could legally divorce their husbands if he didn't provide them with enough coffee. Oh, snap. Wow. Like, wow. Where's my Starbucks? You know what? You're not giving me enough Starbucks. We're done. They said there are 100 divorces every hour in the U.S. No, sad, sad statistics. So the reason why I was sharing these statistics is because this was kind of the reason why they even came up with the pact in the first place. They were just given a kind of like a reflection on what's going on in society and how it's so easy for marriage to break up. And they wanted to create an environment and support system that would be able to help people to stay in it. And for the most part, the rules made sense. The part that I didn't like in the book, and of course, they did this on purpose. They weren't really trying to create um, a marriage utopia. They were trying to be, you know, they were just t- trying to stimulate conversation and just kind of, um, you know, um, create something that would generate, you know, attention to bring awareness through that tension. And so what they were looking at um, was um, they would associated with every time that they would break the rules would be some type of punishment. Now, the punishment ranged from something that was very slight to something that was very severe. And they actually had, it was like a secret society. So what they would do is they would have their own jail system. They would have their own policing system and any, and they would survey each one of these marriages. And so what this couple ended up realizing that they got into was like a cult. It was like this, this this marriage club cult that thought that they were doing a good thing by keeping people to the vows, but really it was very cultish. And, um, and to one point, they would even torture them, bring them to these places and torture them and, and threaten them with even death and have all these things happen to them. And so... See, that's where it went wrong for me. That's, yeah. Because I was just like, I don't get it. What is this, you know, pact? What are they looking for? What what are they getting? You know, like usually you see a cult, they want money, they want power, they want sex, but they were really strict about making sure people did not have affairs. But they also did not collect money from these people. And then like what? The little power that they have to tell them, hey, you're not doing this right or that right in your marriage. Was that worth all of that? It just, it doesn't make sense to me. That's where I felt the story fell apart. Like there was no clear gain for the right. people who were in charge of this cult, unless right. maybe sadism, because, right. you know, there was a lot of because, torture. Yeah, there was a lot on. of torture. Maybe that's what it was, because other than that, I don't really see that they really gained something, you know, because most, because most people like whenever you see a cult, there's always one person that rises up and they always have these great ideals. But then it's a male figure that pretends like they're godlike. And usually he ends up taking all the men's wives in these in typically in these cults. So I'm thinking as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, I see these rules and I see how, you know, they're trying to create a utopia. And I know how these things go. This is a cult. So there's going to be one man who wants this guy's wife or something. And this is where this book is going. And he's going to have all these harems of wives of all these men. And these men are going to give up their wives because that's how it, I mean, let's just be, let's yes, just be exactly. real. Yes, exactly. That's like what mostly. David Koresh exactly. from 
you know, he had all these rules and all these ideals. And at the end of the day, he took everybody's wives. Exactly. And the same thing Jim with Jones. Jim Jones. Right. You know, and first, let's just pause for a second with these these cults. I mean, stepping aside from the book for a second and just the typical cult behavior. Why do these men give up their wives to these these cult leaders? It's, it's brainwashing at the highest level, honestly. I, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, yeah. these men, they seem like they love their wives. They seem very intelligent. How could they have another man take their wives, sleep with their wives, and tell them that it's a sin for them to sleep with their own wives? But no, it is god their god-given right to sleep with all the other women i i just Man, don't get it it's I, crazy I just, it's, I, yeah you can't make sense of it no because it is illogical so there's just brainwashing i so. I, I, I just don't get it but that's so well, well you know what but but the thing about it is what didn't make sense to me because these people were not brainwashed but then yet they sign on this dotted line and then they see all the stuff that's going on in this cult and they're still like yeah we're gonna stick around like we're gonna ask questions and we're going to try to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. But they're like fully like, I'm going to stay in this. You know, I know that the repercussions would have been if you go to the police, you know, we have our ways, we have our methods. But still, it, it just it just seemed really improbable that, well, you know, grown a grown man and a grown woman would be involved in this thing. And with people they didn't know at all. Well, when you all, fell asleep, and, and all of a sudden. But when you fell asleep, you missed the parts where they basically were. <laughs> intimidated and manipulated so they did want out and they tried to get out several times but they just could not yeah but i feel like before i fell asleep i listened to a long portion of it Mm -hmm. and i just felt like they would have tried a long time ago right the question was why didn't they try to get out even earlier but i think they were trying to give it a uh, give it a shot um i think because it wasn't affecting the man once it started affecting him where he got beat up. No, the funny thing about it is that the man was trying to get out and the woman was the one that was kind of pressuring him to know, let's stay in it. And I, she was broken. She, she was, was a like, broken she girl. Was, you know, she came from a broken family and that's why. So she really she really felt like she needed this. And that's where. Yeah. Um, but see, the thing is, what they do, from. what they do is they like make these women into like Stepford wives. You know, and um, for those who are familiar with that movie, you know, it was like, we got to be perfect. And then they turn into these robotic shells of people. And it's just like, you know, it's just there was nothing to gain from this thing. Nothing. It just did not make sense to me. And I did read the end and I was just like, what? Yeah, the end was really lackluster. Yeah, and now I'm hearing this this book is going to be turned into like a movie or something. Is it really? Yeah, oh, that's and I'm not like, gonna work change out. the end then. They're going to have to do something with this. I did not like that. Anyhow, I feel like so spoiler alert, like, I'm going to share the end with you. Okay. Um, so what ended up happening was all of this was um, the leader was a woman and this particular woman um, had cancer. But throughout the whole book, you did not know that she had cancer and that she was dying. And so what ended up happening was that this couple ended up being very mistreated, meaning that they just kept on getting locked away for so many things and getting tortured and getting harassed for so many things and being accused of being unfaithful and just a lot of things. And there was another couple that um, he had a friend who he was being accused of um, being uh, sexually doing some sexual things with her um, during his marriage when he really didn't do that. 
and he found that the girl was in jail and that her husband was accusing them of doing something. And that was not really the case. But yet they were but it all came out that they were trying to frame him to make it look like he did it in the long and short. The couple that was trying to frame him, they were trying to be the head of this cult and they were just trying to frame him so that they would show how rigid they can be with somebody. I know it probably sounds like a whole lot, but mm, it sounds like I, I, I just yawned. You know? <laughs> anyhow, anyway. anyhow, at the end of the day. When he went to go to Ireland, because this is where the leader, the, the sick cancer woman leader was, um, he goes to her to try and get his wife out of jail. And the woman breaks it to her, him that she has cancer. The people that have been trying to frame him and his wife, they are trying to take over this cult organization. And that's the reason why they had been falsely accused and they were being harassed. But she believes that they are the true ones that should be leading this cult because of the way that they handled all the abuse through the time that they had to endure it. And so in her dying breath, she wants to make them the leader. And so that you can too now torture people. Right. I will pass the <laughs> baton of torture. You can even use it to beat the other couples and you can now sarcasm in Rita's voice it's just it's ridiculous meaning, meaning why would they want why would to they be want the leader? to like what what was the incentive we didn't even know what the incentive for the people that were leading in the first place exactly. was so it's sort of like it was i don't know I, I hope a movie like takes some creative license and fills it in this is no offense to the author because i feel like you know no book is perfect but i feel like that is a huge hole in the story that there was no incentive to stay right. in this group no incentive to lead this group and i feel like you know if you're gonna have a cult you gotta have some of the things that people come to expect out of a cult in a cult money or sex or both something something there but not don't try to make it out that these people are all so ideal they're so noble they're so noble they just want to make sure that people stay married right it didn't what it didn't really uh translate in the in the book um but there was enough in the book. If you read the book, there was enough in the book to carry you through the book. But by the time you came to the end and you started asking these kind of questions, you were like, uh, the, the story kind of falls apart. Anyhow, she gives them a choice. They end up, um, she gives them a choice to walk through this door. There's two doors. There's a blue one and a white one. If you go out the white one, you're free. No one has ever been able to leave this cult they have forced everyone to stay and she's going to give them a choice. If you walk through the blue door, you get to be the leader. If you walk through the white door, you're going to be free and you'd be the first people to be able to be free and leave the cult. And of course, they choose the white one because nothing made sense. <laughs> so, of course. So of they course. chose the white one and they chose for their freedom. Now that would have been weekend. a real twist. If, if they, they chose said, the blue one. Yes, we've arrived. Right. And then that ended that way. Then there could be like a part two. Right, right. There still could be a part two by them walking in their freedom. They could turn around. I don't know. But anyhow, they walk to their freedom. And I just don't know if this movie could really. Um... Well, frankly, the Stepford Wives, the movie, not the original, but the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, that was whack. I mean, I didn't enjoy that either. That plot fell apart as well. So I feel like anytime you do these plots that are like Stepford Wives, I feel like it's it's very hard to keep it really cohesive with a good plot Mm -hmm. so you know this was kind of repetitive okay how many times can they fail some rule and then get punished it just kept happening over and over and over Mm -hmm. and then she threw in a little facts you know here and there that were 
you know, they tried to keep you in, you know, interested. And, and I, I really liked the way that she tried to weave in the fact that he was a marriage counselor and, you know, some of the clients that he had and comparing them to the state of his marriage and what was going on. She was able to weave multiple elements together, mm -hmm. which I thought was very good writing. And showed marriage facts yeah. too, just like how we were sharing marriage facts right. with you. But I just think that overall, I think when you have a book, you know, it can be quite cumbersome by the end to try to keep it all together and keep it real tight of a, with a with a real tight plot. So if I were going to um, suggest a marriage book, this this certainly is not a good marriage book. No, dealing no. with you know vows <laughs> no. and all that kind of stuff like that and keeping your marriage together. But Although Jake good, and Alice did stay together. They did stay together. And their marriage, I think, got better. I think a better marriage movie that had similar themes, but not the same, like not like a cult or anything, but did have rules to the marriage. And if you stuck to those rules, Fireproof um, and The Love Deer. The Love Deer was a book that we even went through. And I thought that that was nice where it had like 30 days or 40 days where you had to like stick to these but wasn't the love dare with fireproof yeah it was with the yeah, movie fireproof yeah, okay. and then it, it, i was it, like wait a minute it, it challenged it challenged a couple to go through these set of rules or these set of assignments uh, where it was challenging you to be selfless mm -hmm. and to not wait for your your partner to be the one to do something it's not it wasn't sort of like come to your marriage 50 50 it was basically saying come to your marriage 100 percent. and even if your partner just totally just says i, I don't care about you you still are the other half that can come 100 percent. and it just I, I felt much better about that movie and I would definitely promote that one. You know, maybe we one day we can talk about that. But that one was, you know, shows that a set of rules, as long as the rules are um, But it wasn't re really rules as much as it was like encouragements. Encouragements, you know? yeah. Try and, this, and fireproof. try that. Yeah, yeah, and the love dare. I mean, I remember when that came out, that was a phenomenon. It really was. You know, there were a lot of people who were like, this changed my marriage. Right. So, you know, um, you know, we should probably do it again. Yeah, I think we should. That would be really good. I really enjoyed that. That right. was fun. This will be our 20, 20th year married. So, you know, let's maybe it needs a little bit of attention, you know, with there, that. There you go. Yeah. So I would like it. Right. We can't, you know, the marriage pact was is it was depressing, <laughs> you know, in so many ways. But, you know, I think the author actually... With all of that, I do think she's a good writer, though. Right. I just think that um, sometimes plots fall apart. And that's with, you know, any writer, you know. So. Yeah. Would I recommend the book? I would only recommend it if you were looking for, like, if you really like, you know, the whole tension and, and, and torture kind of genre. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it. You know, because it, it wasn't much of a mystery because there wasn't. The only mystery was why is this cult? What is this cult? <laughs> For, Rita, For what? Like, like the only mystery was like why? 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 <laughs> why? What's the point? So you know there wasn't <laughs> Rita like I'm saying that the whole time. What's this point? I, I mean, so there wasn't like a mystery like oh someone went missing and you know it's it's an okay book. It's not horrible. It's just not one of the best. Right. You know, and I, I think the only reason why we're talking about it is because like we endured through it in a recent. Yeah, a travel like, journey that we just we went are not going to go through that for nothing. Right, right, <laughs> right. We gotta we gotta parlay that into something. No, but you know what? One of the reasons why too I wanted to talk about it is because I see that this book is getting downloaded a lot on Audible. 
So, I mean, because, you know, it's just, it has a riveting, like, synopsis, like, ooh, what's this about, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, if you have some time to just, I don't know, waste. Uh, no, that's not the right word. <laughs> oh, man. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. No, if you have, that's not what I meant, because I would never want someone to say, say that about me. What I'm saying is, if you have some time to kill, like, you know, just like you're driving in a long drive or you're sitting on the beach reading, it wouldn't be the worst thing you could do with your time. There was there was portions of it that was really riveting that really kept your attention or whatever. But at the end, you know, I really like a movie, a book, a story to have deeper meaning, to 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 kind of connect all the dots together. It kind of makes you feel great. Like, ooh, I just had a great experience. Somebody just told me a great story that connected all the dots. And then another thing that didn't work, I know we were about to wrap this up, but just one more thing. Another thing that didn't work for me was that this did not connect to some higher level of government or Mm -hmm. power group. It just kind of seemed random that there was Mm -hmm. this group somewhere in Ireland that was imposing this marriage pact. And it just was like, well... Man, if you're if it's going to be so like exacting and restrictive, I was thinking, okay, well, let's connect it back to the Illuminati or something, or let's connect (laughs) it back to, you know, the government or something like that. But because it just kind of seemed random again, it was just like it just weakened the plot for me. Mm -hmm. So like if I were to like rewrite the book, I would just focus on like giving us a reason why. Yeah, I think that's the part that really, really troubled you a lot. Anyhow, um, we do hope that you are, if you're married and you're listening, that you will be able to uh, tap into some good resources like The Love Dear we recommend. Um, And this other one, well, if you're just going for a ride with your family. Not for the family, Not for the kids. Not for the kids. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going for a ride. Maybe you're on a plane or something by yourself. Going for a ride and you're... um, I don't know. You need something to do. Uh, plug in your earphones and um, and take a listen. So out of Tell five stars, think. out of five stars, what are you gonna give it? I would. I wouldn't give it a zero because no. it didn't. It did keep me awake on three. the journey. I'd give it a three, and that's pretty solid. Right. I, I, I could give that a three. Yeah. But it really lacked in purpose, and I really liked. I don't like to waste my time. And anyhow, I was not traveling. <laughs> where I had nothing else to do. I would have never spent my time listening to that. But because I was traveling, it it kept me awake. So I have to give it a three. It saved my life. I didn't fall asleep. Whoa. <laughs> now that's a very deep thing to say. <laughs> I, I don't know if three I, is good enough if it saved your life. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't crash. Like it, it kept me awake. And so. uh, well, you know, I guess I'm going to have to thank the author for that in the review. There you go. You saved my husband's life. Right. She'll be like, wow. Okay. Man. I'll go to the uh, premiere. Anyway, thanks for listening. Join us again Monday through Friday. Show notes are found at theonyxlife.com. Join our Facebook, The Onyx Life. Follow us on Twitter at The Onyx Life and on Instagram at The Onyx Life Official. Now go live that Onyx Life where change comes with a challenge. See you next time.